0: Byron, Mississippi, it's Lakeshore Church. So Here's the verse. It says, not neglecting to gather, gather together as some are in the habit of doing. Sounds like today, isn't it? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong. There's, that we live in that day and age. All right. But encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, over these weeks and, and as we make it available to people and you see it, where are you in your journey with the Lord? What I found out in this testing things, if I talk to pastors, more and more happened just a few days ago. I was telling a pastor, he was, we were talking about church, and he was asking me some other things, and he asked me about our church, and I told him where I was, and, and he said, man, when you get all that settled and done, I want to I come meet with you, and you share that with me because I need that. I think it's a frustration of pastoral ministry today, of people, of where they are in their journey with the Lord. And maybe the church, is, the church is responsible because we've spent so much time on salvation, and we should. That's where it starts. <laughs> we've spent so much time on knowing the Lord that we haven't shared with people that, that in, in your relationship with the Lord, that's just the beginning. Yes, that is heaven. That is your reservation in heaven. But it's also that begins the process of growth in our life. You know, we have this visual, uh, you see that. Today we are, we are attempting to do two. Basically, the latter is for our own individual church. Every one of you, this is going to get you, every one of you are at least a one in the church. Do you know, do you know that? Because you're attending today, all right? If, if, if Lakeshore is home, if Lakeshore is your home church, then you're already a two. And then we'll start unpackaging other things. You have to start there. said, why didn't you just start with conversion? Why didn't you just start with people's commitment levels? because we have to understand what God's called us to do. And you're gonna see that in the word today. All right, uh, DL Moody said this uh, very well. He said, the difference between listening to a radio sermon and going to church is almost like the difference between calling your girl on the phone and spending an evening with her. Uh, we live in a day and age, Listen to be very careful. We live in a day and age where because things have occurred, I think COVID and the such, because of technology and all the things going on, I believe there is a, there's, there's this reality that people think they can do church at home as well as they can do it at, in, in person. I believe this. Uh, now, I don't begrudge that. I've already checked on people today that are limited, literally. Called some folks today that are limited from coming to church because of something going on with their family. I'm not here to, if you miss church, and oh, you're the worst. No, no, no. I think God understands. He loves you more than that. But I do think it's my responsibility. And whatever I can do, I need to do. And we'll have some fun with this a little bit, but, but a lot of it is very, very serious in the day and age we live in. Yes, we have a TV program that's statewide. We have a Facebook. We've got the internet. We've got YouTube. We've got streaming. we got all kind of ways for you to connect with the church. But don't ever think that that is an adequate substitute for God's house in person. I said, in God's house in person. See, many times what happens is, is that because things come along, we redefine it. But I want to tell you something, God showed us in his word and again and again we see it from Old Testament to New Testament and the like, the whole thing. If you remember about this getting together, Matthew chapter 18, remember last week, verse 20, it says this, it says, where two or three gather together in my name, I'll be in the midst. They gather together. Now listen, I don't want to split hairs here, but it didn't say anything about Facebook. And, and I'm for it. Listen, when somebody needs our church and somebody's limited from being here, Man, I, I am blessed. Some of the things we're going to be doing as a staff, we've been talking about and thinking about and planning, is how can we reach a people? And we have a conglomerate. I'm blessed that you give, and, and through the budget of the church, we reach untold number of people that you will never know this side of glory. Maybe never know. I hear it all the time. I see things, and there's references from my name to the church and, and through the commitment that we've made to be out there. So don't misunderstand me. I'm saying there's a place for that, but it will never substitute for God's house. And the reason I say that is not only God's word, but how that has affected us. Listen, God's about us gathering together. The concept throughout the life of the children of Israel and the Jewish people and the Christian church that was founded by Christ and and it was codified by the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is for us to gather together. And the writer in Hebrews said, don't stop doing that. (laughs) I, I like the way it says it, but do it more. And and, and as we see the day approaching you see things going on. We got a lot of stuff going on in our world, right? We got big bad China that's flying balloons over our country Does anybody see any alarm with that? Huh? We're living in a day and age and and I can show you where China is in the end-time scriptures folks We're living in a day and age should it alarm us. Yes. We need more of each other not less We don't need to cut and stay at the house and watch on Facebook. We need to be here together And please don't do that in offense because I take that as offense because I'll tell you something. Let me tell you where God hangs out in my life. i got to be here. I'm not going to get paid, okay? (laughs) I've never known a pastor that didn't show up and didn't preach and he got paid well. I've yet to find that job description. But you know where God hangs out in my life is my attitude. I'm going to get excited about the word glad here in about 15 minutes because let me tell you, I'm so glad, as, as he says in the psalmist says, I was glad, rejoiced when they came into the house of the Lord. You know, sometimes we need to check our attitude, don't we? Huh? We drag in and we wonder why God doesn't do more. Maybe he doesn't do more because we're not expecting him to do more. All right? So I want to talk about meeting here, this whole attending and home thing. And, and, and my prayer was, God, I just don't want it to be like a, a textbook. And, I, and I'm not kicking on any professors or teachers in the room. But I didn't want it to be a syllabus. I didn't want it to be just some kind of regimented thing. I, I want it to have some flavor in it. But I hope you understand this whole thought is about dealing with attending church and then calling church your home. And what that means. But I'll talk about meeting here. Is it really a big deal? Is coming to church that big a deal, Brother Jay? Is it really? I really believe it is. And I believe we've watered it down more than we ever should in the house of the Lord. I believe the enemy doesn't have to make us bitter. He can just make sure we're busy sometimes and, and, and get the same effect. Let me give you some things to think about. The first thing that comes around when I'm talking about meeting is the background of the church. The Bible from the Great Commission to the parables. God's always been about his people gathering together. Pentecost, ushered in the New Testament church, and still today. I want to ask you a question Do you think God still heals? Do you think God wants to heal? Do you think God wants to change lives? Uh, I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but I thought about uh, today when Brian, and I know it's hard, I'm agreeing with him in prayer on something he's going through, and he came to the altar during a worship service. And there's some people who go, Can we do that? You mean I can come to the altar while they're singing a song and I sense the presence of the Lord? I'm going, why not? Hello? If I want to seek him out, if I want to find him, listen, this is a good place. (laughs) It's not a place of disgrace, it's a place of added grace. Don't run away from him. Don't stay away from him. Run to him. (laughs) Amen? And see the background of the church. That's the way God (laughs) set it up. That when we come together, the background of the church is God said, if you gather together in my name, I'll be there. Doesn't that mean something? I just don't know if you can get that same thing on Facebook. I did a little word study. I'm not a scholar, my preaching tells so, Let you know that, but, but the word church, both translated in the, as a Hebrew word in the Old Testament and a Greek word in the New Testament, and the words are kahal is, is a Hebrew word and ekklesia in the New Testament, the Greek word, both mean the exact same thing for church. They mean the gathering of people our community for worship. So God from way back yonder in the Old Testament and way back yonder in the New Testament up to today, which we're still in Pente- under Pentecost, God is about his people coming together. I think it's yet to be told how much damage COVID and other things have done when they keep people from God's house. Hmm. I'm glad there was some pushback in our world, in our country when, when they said you can't go to church. Listen, I'd rather come to church together with COVID than to stay home in church without him, stay from church without him. I think God will take care of us. Amen. I'm not being flippant, but if he spun the world on its axis and threw the stars up there in the galaxies and they stay there, I believe he can take care of me and he can take care of you. The background of the church. Secondly, when I think about it, I got a question for you. Is backing up really an option? Can the church come up with some unique new way to do it? Is When God said for us to assemble together and gather together, is it okay for us to come up with something different and think God's going to bless that? You and I can't imagine what church does for us when we're together. There's something about face-to-face community. There's something about when we're together. What is the church to you and me? I asked several people that question this week, and I want to use three answers. I'm leaving names out because some of these folks would not want me to tell you who they are. But I heard a great answer when I said, what's church to you? And this lady told me it's it's my support system. I thought, man, that's good stuff wrote it down I asked someone else and they said it's the best part of my week now I wouldn't throw this person on the bus for anything but this person is a social butterfly in our church I thought yeah I see it I said you just can't wait and and see everybody and interact with everybody and and it just blessed my heart and then there was another one that really just moved me in this and I asked I said what's church to you and they said it's a filling station see some of you would not remember filling station now y'all know convenience stores when I was a boy, I actually worked at a filling station. Somebody would pull up, and you'd run out with a rag and some stuff, and you'd do their windshield, and you checked all the oil if they needed it or whatever, a filling station. And I thought, what a great visual for us as a church. But I fear sometimes that man tries to come up with better ways than God's ways. You know, we come up with, do we really need a gathering? Sometimes people think, they, well, Brother Jay, I watched you on Facebook or this kind of thing. But listen, there's no other place like this place or near this place, so this must be the place. And I said this years ago, and I don't want to offend, but I want you to get it today. Years ago, I thought about church. I said, if you miss church, you miss God. If you miss God, you miss everything. Have you ever come to church with a burden? And they got up, just like today, they got up and sang a song that ministered to that burden. Well, you live there today. Have you ever been in a place where you needed an answer? And the preacher gets up and his text that day is your answer. God didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me what your need was, but he's able to do exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask or think of him. According to the power that works within us, we get out of it what we expect to get out of it. I believe it. But listen, if we're cutting and running and missing and doing that, you might miss God. God might've picked out, if you don't show up next week, that might be the very sovereign Sunday that God's picked out for you to get your answer that you need for your life situation. I remember when COVID hit, I was... We did Chris and myself and Daniel. We made the prayer room. I I haven't worked that out spiritually yet, but we made the prayer room a studio. It was something for the ages. I couldn't believe it, how they pulled all that off. Scared to death, looking at this camera with a little red light on. But I'll never forget some of the things (laughs) when I would look at it and go, this is as close as we can get, but this is a far cry from the way it needs to be. I realized that I saw it up front and personally. It was the best we could do But it was a far cry from us coming together. There's something about God's people when they come together. Let me say it this way. I know this. I'm better. We're better when we're at church. And I fear today that we've let far too many things come up and substitute. You know how we could affect the lost and the dying world? Is that they would see a commitment level to church that I will not be detoured from being in God's house. It's backing up really an option. I deal with this all the time. I, I truly do. To, give me, give, let me give you a couple more. The third one, when we, I think about that, is the backbone of community. This might be new to some of you. You might not have ever thought about it this way, but I hope I share it well. But, but uh, I believe with everything about me that the church is the, back, is, is the backbone of a community. I believe it. I believe right now, if you want to see the, the, the wrath of God, then you take the Christian church. And I'm talking about blood-bought church out of America. There would be no America. I know many people don't understand that, and you need to go process that. I'll give you an example in just a minute. But I want to tell you something, folks. If you believe God is real, let me remind you that there's an angelic being named Lucifer that's real too. You cannot have God without having Satan. You cannot have God without God's story. And God's story is, if you believe in God, then then God says, Man fell in the garden, and it cost me my son on the tree for a redemption hope for you and me. And so if you, you understand that, but I want to tell you something. Lucifer's real. <laughs> he desires, as John 10 10 says, he desires to steal, kill, and destroy. He desires right now to ruin and wreck your life. And I know some of you think I'm talking about a cartoon on Sunday morning. I mean on Saturday morning with a little pitchfork guy that is holding a pitchfork, got the little horns. No, no, no. Now I'm telling you somebody that wants to ruin and wreck our life. But I've got great news for you. The end of John 10 says, Jesus was speaking. And he said, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. <laughs> and that's good stuff. i tell you what, if you just follow along with me today, I think you'll get a little excited. <laughs> Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember the story? You remember as Abraham said, my kin folks' lots over there, uh, Lord. You, you, you're going to wax him too? And he bartered with God. Do you remember the story? He Started off with 50 righteous and worked God all the way down to 10 or 5. God, if we just find that many, will, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? And let me make a parallel quickly. I don't have a lot of time, but let me make a parallel. God's always sought for a righteous person. God's always looked for a remnant that could be found. God's always because the righteous are there. I believe with everything about me that the righteous are the banner of the banner. The church is the banner of our country right now. If you want to see the wrath of God, then we need to keep walking away from God and not to Him. We need to keep watering down the gospel and feel good stories instead of people getting right with God and living out Jesus in their life. Few more churches that are just dying on the vine. A few more that are more concerned about being accepted than standing for God Almighty. They want to be the same as everybody else instead of sticking out. A few more, and I believe the wrath of God is going to come. The least of our problems is a Chinese balloon for intelligence or weather or whatever flying across America. I said it. This is what we need to understand. The backbone backbone of a community has always been and will always be the church. God's called us to that. Know this the church is the go between. You and I are the banner. Listen, I'll show you a verse as we transition. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. What a a verse. I searched for a man among them. I got real emotional during worship today because God reminds me and He reminds us that we're the man. You want to see a difference in your family? You're the man. You You want to see a difference in that job? You're the man. And woman, if you need to hear that. You want to see a difference in your neighborhood? Quit quit thinking God's going to do it in somebody else. God's going to do it in the pastor. He's going to do it in the staff. He's going to do it in the church. He wants to do it in you. God sought for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I might not destroy it. But I found no one. One of the most indicting verses in all the word of God. A period of time where God had needed a righteous person to stand. God needed somebody to step out and be different and not be like everybody else. Not be a comedian. Not, not, not be concerned that somebody's going to reject them. It's going to cost them something in their pocketbook or in their lifestyle or in their friendships or, or their view and a, a position that someone else has for them. He sought for a man that would be the backbone. And he found no one. Worship today. I can sense the Lord say, will you be that man? Don't don't put it on man's measuring stick. But you measure up to me. Backbone of the community. Then lastly, when I think about meeting together. For you and me, I think it's back to the future. Look at this verse in Luke chapter 14, verse 23. I can't hardly talk. It's a parable that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, and I think it's a great parallel to the church today. Before I read this verse, and guys, you can keep it up there. How far would you have to go in relationships in your life before you'd be concerned about someone's salvation? We want to talk about heaven, and heaven is sweeter all the time, getting sweeter all the time. (laughs) There's a bunch of folks I can't wait to see over there. I want to see my Savior, I want to see what heaven looks like. I want to see if there's any golf courses, guys. <laughs> but I don't know how big the bass are in the river of life. I don't know. I don't know what it's all, what God's prepared. I don't know how it's all going to be. But let me tell you something, folks. There's also a hell. There's some bright people in the world that have just negated all of that. Huh? Here's one for you. I don't want to offend anybody, please, please no. But the gospel says it's an offense. Right now, lifestyles are challenged. They're saying, oh, it's okay for this person to be that way. And I read an article the other day that it's totally accepted now. Alternative lifestyles, totally accepted in America. Anybody doesn't, then they're the ones. and, and, And I'm just bad, I guess. Not out to get anybody. I deal with some right now as a pastor, walking people through, trying to live the life in the midst of all these desires. But listen to me carefully. There are people right now who say, it must be okay because Jesus never talked about it. A former president of the United States, this might be my Facebook day right here. A former president of the United States who heralds from the great state of Georgia said what I just said. It must be okay because Jesus never brought it up. So let me tell you something. Okay, if you're going to stand on that one, somebody's going to stand on that one. Okay, we're going to stand on it. let me tell you what Jesus did talk about. Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. You can't have both sides of the road, folks. You, You can't get on this little soapbox that Jesus never talked about it, so therefore it must be okay. He talked a whole lot about hell. And yet people want to reduce it down to just some kind of fictional place of emotion rather than a literal place. I'm not come to scare you, but I've come to remind you that we're in serious business. Attending church is serious business. You know why? Because when I get to church, that's when I get filled up. And I got, I got filled today, Daniel. You hit a home run today, buddy. Hit a home run. Brother Roberts at the first service, they hit a home run today. With that choir special, hit a home run today. Because he lives, is one of my all-time favorites. I'm going to live forever because he lives, not because I live. <laughs> I, I'm just holding on to his, his coattails because Jesus lives. I'm going to live also. Hmm. And the battle's already won. Good stuff, isn't it? We don't want to get into to speak to the mountains. I'll start crying worse than I already have. But what, you just need to understand this. Why? Because God's promises are true. And you know what I think about? What if I had a little old headache... Get in the way of me being in church today. Not going to happen to me because I get paid to do this. Mine's more about attitude. Listen to me, church. Receive this now. You need to get this part. If you don't get anything else when it comes to church. How many times the enemy wins because we put something that we think is important instead of something that God says is vitally important in our life. God's people gathering together. And not only that, but people that we know need it and need the Lord, truly. All right? Did we get there? (laughs) We didn't, did we? Thank you for leaving it up there because I wouldn't be knowing. Here's this. Chapter 14 of the Gospel of Luke, verse 23 says, Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges. This is where the title came from, by the way. And make them come in so that my house may be filled. I've already alluded to it, but I want to ask you a question. How far would you have to go in your own experience before you'd be concerned about somebody? And today, just for us, it is a heaven and hell issue. We don't like to talk about that because that's an offense. or we don't, we, we, Maybe we've negated it, watered it down, but I've already established that for you. Jesus talked a lot about it. And I make a pact with you today. <laughs> commit to knowing Christ, and faithful to the church, but I'll also commit to those folks around you that need to attend. I mean, who do you know? You know what I think? Wouldn't it be great if we raised up a stand? This is what happened. You get excited about it. And somebody says, well, brother Jay, it's okay if I miss church. What if somebody you've been dealing with and inviting to church comes to church the Sunday, you're not here. See, this is what happens. We, I've said it for years. We ought to be looking at the door every Sunday. And I want to be transparent with you. One of the convictions of my heart that led to a lot of this is your own pastor had gotten away from that. You know what God's called us to do? He's called us to build bridges and sow seed to people that need the Lord. Huh? That job, that home, that neighborhood, those family members, they need to see and experience Jesus in our life. Mm. That's why it's important to live it out. Oh, it is. All right. Enough. I got to move on before I have a coronary. If I gave this sermon another title, it would be glad to be here, and I'm going to be here. (laughs) Aren't you glad to be here today? Huh? I said, aren't you glad to be here today? Hmm. Let's give you a couple of thoughts. Let's I think about that. God help us to be on the cutting edge. I thought about it again, Daniel, this morning. The spirit of God shows up. We don't need to take it for granted. Y'all ever been to a dead church? Huh? This is so bad to get me in a lot of trouble. But I preached revivals at church before and went through the worship service first couple of nights. And, and Daniel, I'm thinking, they want me to bring revival. What they want. They ain't having none themselves. They want the preacher to to do it all, or whatever. Glad to be here. You know, I'm glad to be standing in front of you today. Huh, glad to be here. I was glad, as David said. I rejoiced when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. This should be a place of gladness. I've said a lot to stir people today, but you know what, I need to keep my negativity to myself. (laughs) You know what, I need to realize what God's done for me. Not be giving more credit to the enemy than I do what God has already done for me. Amen. Place of glad is glad to be here. Oh, then Romans 14, 21, watch this. It says this, watch this. <clears throat> it is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The church too often, I'm talking about attending at home and I'm giving you some meat now today. So many times we want to know how much we can get away with and still have the blessing of God on our life instead of wondering how we are, what kind of flavor are we giving off to other people. That's good preaching right there now. And that applies to Jay Frazier too. What can I get away with and what can I do? I could do a bunch of stuff. Suzanne and I used to talk about going off on the weekend, doing a bunch of stuff. Nobody knows. you know what I found out? Every place I ever go, I see somebody who knows me. As soon as Suzanne and I went out and did a bunch of stupid stuff, there'd be a church member at another table somewhere. Doesn't seem to happen too much. I see it happen all the time, and it, whether it's TV, it's church, somebody knows me or somebody knows We had it happen Friday night, and I thought, what if I'd have showed out at that restaurant, and a man walks up and knows, and if he didn't know me, he knows all my kinfolks. He'd already called and told them. <laughs> Glad to be here. But you know what? If we call somebody to stumble, see, that's where you get into more of this stuff about attending at home now. That's when growth starts happening in my life. It's not just whether I can do it or not, but what am I giving off to you guys? If I'm causing you to stumble in your faith, I need to analyze my life. You get it? Hmm. Then secondly, and I like this, I'm not only glad to be here, but I'm going to be here. Let me tell you what's been bowling in me. For some time, the the enemy's been having a heyday. Call it post-COVID, demographics, whatever, but this is what God's assured me in my own heart, okay? (laughs) And, And people have asked. I've had about 10 of you. 10 different entities. And I said, brother Jay, you're not fixing to leave us, are you? I said, I don't know if I've gotten old. My ball spot's gotten bigger or what? I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's the heartaches we've been through or whatever. Listen, I'm not going anywhere. Now, see, I'm going somewhere with this. Listen, I think every now and then we need to we need to assess and go, you know what, I'm here. As long as God gives me breath, I'm here. We need to quit shopping church like we shop at Walmart or Kroger. Huh? it's my church it's your church amen hey i'm here do you remember it's oldest time you remember the conversation that the chicken and the pig had they were talking about who was committed and the chicken piped off and told the told the pig said you're committed he said no i'm committed he, and the, the pig said you have no idea what commitment is i, I found this and i want you to get it this is what when you have bacon and eggs for breakfast the chicken makes a contribution The pig makes a commitment. Y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on. listen to me. This will make a tear well up in your eye. I saw some in the first service. How many times we've been a bunch of chickens and think God's proud of us. We already passed the offering plate, so we've made a contribution, so God should be happy. God took care of that, he said, you're a cheerful giver. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. Jesus comes along and says, if you're doing it in your heart, you're already doing it. You're making a contribution, you're not committed. I got some roosters, they just make a lot of racket, but not worth much at all, I got enough roosters just maybe God's got enough chickens in the church. I feel convicted folks, because sometimes I say to the Lord, look at my fine egg I gave you. And I almost sense the Lord say, do what? Jay, you made a contribution, I need commitment. God needs pigs, (laughs) you got enough chickens.